0: All right, today I'm chatting with Adno, who is an entrepreneur, public speaker, MC, stand-up comedian and jack of all trades across the business and entertainment spectrums. He created Stand-up for Passion in 2014, drawing from his stage and directing background, combining this with his personal mission to make the world a more purpose-driven and meaningful place. Ano has been working on creativity and happiness-related projects and companies for many years and has made it his life's work to spread his insight and tools for happiness in life and business to the world. Great guy, doing a lot of things in the world, a lot of really purpose-driven stuff, and I've learned a lot from this conversation, so please enjoy it. All right. I no first question that all guests get on this podcast to kick things off is who are you or what defines you as a person?
1: Oh, my God. What define me? God, I don't know if I, <laughs> I either love this question or this question terrifies me or who am I? Oh, my God. So, who am I now? Um, what, September 1st, 2019? Yeah, I love how I th- you're already framing this up. Keep going. Uh, I think to, uh, right now, right? Because what I am yeah. now is different than a year from now and, and different than a year ago. But right now, I think I'm a, I'm a dad. <laughs> He's yeah. 15 months old. I'm married to a Japanese-American girl. I'm a guy. I'm a French guy who just spent five, 15 years in U.S. and four years in Asia prior to it. Uh, I'm a French, French guy going back to his roots, starting mm. in France again, starting a couple of days ago for the next three, four years, um, and I'm really the result of uh, of, um, of the different ecosystem I had in my life. I was in a, I was a, I was an adventurer for many years, uh, on and off. So I'm the result of that. I'm the result of my years doing stand up comedy. In LA, I'm the result of uh, my first few years in finance and being very obsessed and focused on business. Just the f- first few years of my career, I'm the result of um, what else? The, the my first corporate life and then adventure comedy. My love for film, filmmaking. I made a couple of films, and then the result of my love. For wellness, well-being, happiness, joy, reinventing yourself, storytelling—you um, know, based on, on on what I've done the last few years, full-time, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. doing different things. So this is that's what I am. I'm the result of my my love and my my uh, total immersion in coaching, wellness, in in, in finance, in uh, in adventure in movies and in comedy let's a-
0: i love it and i love how you frame that up as you know who you are today and it's it's i asked the question i don't know simply to avoid you know job titles obviously right. and um but i love how you really framed it up today because you're, you're so right right we we're we're the result of something and what you are today uh will be different tomorrow in, in, in a right. year from now so you know one I think if someone were to were to search your name really quickly um, they would see happiness scattered across many channels, for example and and you just mentioned quite a few different avenues from you know the corporate life, finance, comedy, film, all these different areas. Do you remember when it really hit you that happiness and wellness? you know, was really important to you? Was there was there a moment that really shifted?
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's very clear in my mind. Um, I was... Uh, so until I was 24, I was in finance and business, as I said. My parents divorced then. Uh, and that really changed my life. I mean, I was always gone from home. I was very ambitious. You know, at 14 years old, I was reading academic Magazine every single day. And then my parents divorced at 24. And all of a sudden... Uh, it, it, you know, it was a, um, a slap on the face, like, why are you d- divorcing? But then, because I was very surprised, because they were not the type of parents that fight all the time. Sure. And I understood money was the core of the problem. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm like, Oh, my God, I don't even know my parents. So if I don't even know my parents, I don't even know why I am then what drives me what motivates me and I really start to study happiness that day. I mean, everything on psychology, positive psychology, happiness, joy, go back to that day when my my dad announced that they were going to divorce and my my world shattered. And I'm glad he did then, you know, that most people then when they are 40, you know, 35, 40. So I changed my route the course of my life right then. Right there and then I decided to study everything. And then when I was, two years later, I uh, was on TV in France, I had my own show on happiness. Hmm. Um, And then my show was canceled. Uh, And I I like to say that, you know, because talking about happiness in France is dangerous, right? (laughs) Uh, The French people. And uh, so I said, fine, maybe maybe I should just instead of talking about it and studying happiness maybe i should try to find happiness for myself and i think at least for me at the time it meant trying to get as many experiences possible in the world try to um, to take many liars of myself um, and try to meet as many people and that's what i did for 15 20 years really and that's why i I work in 30 different countries and doing 10 different career before settling down on coaching five, five years ago. Hmm. And what, why, and when I, I went back to it. Um, so my parents announced I was 24 years old, right? So it was 20 years ago and fast forward to 10 years later, I'm in LA, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a comedian, and I was quite happy. Everything was fine, but, um, I decided to put all my money I had won into a film, comedy film that I direct, and um, and I could not distribute that film. Impossible. I was, you know, also the economic crisis, and and once again I was really down on my luck. And I say, my God, I found something that really makes me happy, making film and comedy and stage. Yet, for some reason, the universe doesn't want it or doesn't want it now somehow hmm. and let's study myself I think there's a, one more reason again if if I cannot you know if I cannot uh, distribute my film it won't, it, it, I need some sort of recognition as an artist or at least to make a living right yeah um, so I start studying again happiness and I start to get involved. And and then I did other things business wise for the next five years, but then five years ago I say okay, that's it. Um, this is I've spent so much time the last twenty years on and off studying, experimenting this field. Time for me to coach people, express myself on this subject, you know, uh, write books, um, do as many podcasts, and that's what I've done for the last five years. Um, five years ago I say okay, now I'm. I think I have enough knowledge so it can become, um, my life and primary as a, as a writer, as a speaker, as a coach. And this is why I've done, um, things we might talk about for the last five years.
0: It's really interesting. I'm, I'm wondering, to, uh, about your perspective on just time and history right now. I mean, because, I mean, you would know this better than me, um, just even the last three and a half years for myself, when I, when I left the corporate world and just more exposed through um, reflection and wellness, just through the work that I'm doing as well. Even just in the last three and a half years, I've personally seen a, a huge shift in um, acceptance, I guess, in, in these topics, mm-hmm. right? And taking people seriously when, when you say you're a chief happiness officer. Whereas I yeah. imagine 20 years ago, that yes. was a very different. Oh, yeah. right so yeah, yeah what's what's your take on on how things are evolving in this space all
1: right so yeah it's um so many times i was too early in my life right so sure. so 20 years ago when i was doing this happiness tv show and it was canceled people say i mean what do you want to do i mean do you want to do just start a cult i mean what what is it yeah. what's up with you all the french people and i'm like no i just want to talk about happiness there's no subscription, No, there's nothing to pay. I just want to talk about it. I'm not asking to be paid, to get paid even. I didn't care. I just thought the understanding of finding yourself, understanding your value, of being aligned line with who you are, exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the exact same thing as 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but the world is a different place. So when I start five years ago again, we were just before this wave, and I think the wave you know, uh, start taking on like four years ago, maybe three years ago. So I was just before this new wave. So this time I was at the right time. And why this wave now? I mean, so many reasons. I mean, one of it, it's 10 years since the last crisis. So I think it's time enough for people to mature. You know, the last crisis was about finance and time enough for people to mature. Okay, what's important now? You know, ten years ago, that's when also YouTube, Facebook came in the market, and we, and we and with this became this obsession of being connected with one another all the time. The iPhone came about the same time, so I mean, I'm, it's nothing new. But this hyper connectivity now that we can't live a second without comparing ourselves to what's going on, to 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 be knowledgeable about every single news around the world now. Makes us unhappy. We know it's the overwhelming of the flow of information, whether it's from your friend, your family, your society. It's just too much. Yeah, we are not made uh, to to deal with it. I mean, you know, now all the studies show that multitasking is is wrong. It's it can't work. It might work for some geniuses, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work. And same thing for information. Uh, So we are in a very specific time in life where uh I mean I was I was just with my uncle in Corsica um both of his son are in burnout one is a doctor so he's got a great life in this burnout last month yeah could not even get up wow his other son is very successful 40 years old is a cyber security expert in Singapore work like crazy four months ago something could not get up of his bed for three months could not do anything so whether you're in cyber security your doctor you uh, you're a guy struggling to make ends meet the word is too connected there's too much pressure uh, it's time to really slow down i mean we talk about this slow life concept uh you know and i'm applying this to myself i'm, I'm now in paris and most likely We are going to live in six weeks in uh, Bordeaux, right? It's a much slower pace. It's a beautiful town, but it's not like Paris. Um, And all my friends, even my Parisian friends, my New York friend, my San Francisco friend, Tokyo friend, they don't get it. Why? Why are you going to live in a countryside of France? There's so much more opportunity in Paris. Uh, And people people are going to pay you much less for the same coaching the same value you give and I'm like I don't care it's the family even the the businessman from Bordeaux I had on the phone yesterday one of the top businessmen there is like are you sure you're coming back from 20 years overseas you really want to to go to a slower pace I'm like yeah <laughs> because that's what matters now I have a family i have a 15 months old you know, thanks God, if there is internet, and I can do Skype, and I can, sure. uh, you know, create a platform maybe where, where where I help people, but I don't necessarily have to travel like I've done for twenty years. So it's really the the, the world is really is is really uh, ready to hear the the mutation of the world, the transformation of the world, and for me it's a good thing. So it's a yeah, chief happiness officer. So it's uh, basically I do three three different things. One is I train chief happiness officer and there's really like, there's like two of us in the world doing that, (laughs) training chief happiness officer. Um, When I start calling myself a chief happiness officer five years ago, there were less than 20 of us around the world. 20. Wow. And now there's 5,000 of us, 5,000. People write me from Pakistan, from Iran. I was in Iran uh, when was I was there months ago uh, there's, there's a demand from Iran can you believe to be a chief from Pakistan from any place in the world why because everywhere is the same we're all connected with internet the stress level is so high every single person can lose their job six months from now or their company can be uh, can be uh, bankrupt six months from now I just went to a conference at IESC Business School, uh, their New York campus, um, I think like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And there were uh, three of the top venture capitalists in the world, a Chinese guy, a Spanish guy, and an American guy. They all manage billions of dollars. I think it's like funds of one to five billion dollars. And they all said the same thing. They said the stress level is so high that the most important thing in the world Will be to take care of consciousness I mean can you believe it? I went to a I went to a conference and actually I went there not to talk about happiness and consciousness I thought you know like I do sometimes I, I I try to put myself into a, a new environment again just to not to 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 be uh, just in my world of happiness and joy and and study and experimenting and talking about it and training but just to hear something else so I went to this evening, thinking I'm just going to listen to something else. And those three top business guys in the world, they said the same thing. most important thing is consciousness, mindfulness, because the stress level is so high, every single person, age 20, 25, will have to reinvent themselves for the for the sake of their mind and for economic sake, I mean, just to to be okay with themselves and to be okay with their their financial wellness, they will have to reinvent themselves every three to four years. Hmm, that is... Crazy. Three to four years. I just read um, two days ago, it's a Deloitte, uh, the, the consulting company, uh, who just released a new, uh, some sort of a survey. Um, and they just said the, the life value of a skill on the on the on the labor market used to be thirty years until five years ago. Thirty years, so you had a real good skill, you could make a living for thirty years. Now it's five years. The life, hmm. the, the the value, the life value of a specific skill you have, which means it will be gone after five years. It's a new world. I mean, for me, it's, it's scary, but it's also super exciting. People, they they are, you know, what we talked about, what you and I have obsessed about, and we love purpose and storytelling, and, you know, we'll talk about my event, Stand Up for Passion, but it, it's it's, what I do in my event, right? We've done it 24 times around the world, and every time we take seven speakers, seven minutes. When I start this show, this event, um, five years ago, exactly, in LA, in New York, sorry, Um I thought we were just going to talk about joy and passion. And then sure enough, it's only becoming a transformational event. Every single speaker only talk about their most important transformational point in life, because that's what the world needs. Even even though I call the event stand up for passion, it's actually much more. It's stand up for transformation. It's stand up for resilience because everyone needs that. this is why people go on the crazy retreat now. This is why people go to psychedelics. This is why I go now, you know, they use ayahuasca. This is why they, they need to do bungee jumping. Just they need a thrill just to feel their life. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think one of my wife's best friend just divorced uh, two weeks ago. And she had a, it seems to us, she had a perfect marriage, marriage, you know with her husband they had a great business financially everything works well kids are wonderful they seem to have a loving relationship and all of a sudden she said i think i'm not happy next week she says she, she's gonna divorce and she's divorcing now and just because i think the people need to feel alive just the the, i think everything they, and, and we see people seemingly super alive right on instagram on yeah. facebook and like am i alive You know, am I doing the best thing I am? So in one way, it's really bad to compare yourself. It's really bad. You should not. In one way, everything happening in terms of economic and society force ourselves to really take a deep look at where am I on the right track? Am I really supposed to do what I'm doing now? Right? Now, at least. I don't know about five years from now, but now, is it really the right use of time? And this is why my friend, who, like, but now you're doing so well now in happiness, Arno. You're based in New York, it's the center of the world, and you want to live in the countryside of France? Why? Well, that's what matters the most now for me. I don't know about five years from now. I might leave Bordeaux and who knows? I might move back to, you know, San Francisco and start a tech company. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. But for now, the best use of my time, the best use of my mind is to be in a more relaxed atmosphere and still be involved in my field. And I'm still make speech and I'll still train people and do coaching. But I'm going to be much more selective who I coach, how I coach, what company I work for, because now it's time of my life where I need to, I think, take a step back even more and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm deciding to go to a place like this. So it's I think it's so important to ask yourself, you know, what's the best use of my time now? And when I say now, it's not today or this week, right? But it's next two to two, mm-hmm. three years. There's a there's a great um, uh, theory, science of the mind somewhere which 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 says every thousand day, one thousand day, so basically three years. To be fresh, you would need to reinvent yourself, right? So you can keep some part of what you do, but you need to really tweak it, just to be as sharp mentally as you as you're supposed to be, and to to live the life you're supposed to be.
0: Yeah, to live. You know, I, I draw so many. You you've brought it up a few times, but just going back to history and the labor market and you know the industrial revolution, all that in, in in those times. You know, it was all about physical safety and unions formed up to protect workers and whatnot. And it's almost like the same thing is happening for the mind right now. Right. Um, And and you're your own protector of that. Because, you know, back in the day, obviously, if you break your leg, you can't go into work. Well, if if you break your mind... um, really it stops there whether whether you're doing physical or mental work if you can't function right going back to your friend who was you know couldn't get out of bed i think people are realizing that you have to put yourself first right back to the airline example like you have to put on your oxygen mask on first before helping others or you, or no one survives yeah it's interesting and i'm sure you feel like this too because a lot of things you're saying you know i'm thinking in my head well, yeah, obviously, but it's not obviously, <laughs> right? Why? Why? It's, it's yeah. uh, So, you know, it just goes back to the importance, I think, of, of work that you're doing and, and people like yourself that have an international voice to, to be very transparent and, and authentic and saying, you know, why, you, why you're moving to Bordeaux and, you know, why you're doing all these stand up for passion events and all, everything else, right? It's so right. important right now.
1: Right. And, and, and one more thing is, and for me, you you need to find that one thing. You cannot not do it, right? Like stand up for passion. I cannot not do it. Again, it's a concept. It takes seven speakers, seven minutes. I coach them for about a week to sometime three weeks. So each of them have three to five coaching on average, uh, either privately or in group. And I cannot not do it because I'm obsessed yeah. just like you buy stories about other people you're doing through podcast and you're doing through your, you know, your app online and I'm, and through stories and I do it through story coaching and I cannot not do it. Right. So I'm always writing down interesting story, interesting people I meet, and maybe it's going to be three years down the line. I'm able, I'm able to bring them on stage, but that's somehow I want to, be able to work on the story and have at least express the story in a way that is, is inspiring to people. And that's something I cannot not do, even though sometimes it's difficult. And I'm talking to my, my, my next three events. One is in going to be in Geneva in December, um, maybe with the UN as a partner. Uh, and I'm talking with... Uh, um, a partner in Marseille as well. We should do it in December as well. A big, big stand-up for passion, a thousand people, maybe oh, 2,000. Wow. And I'm talking, And yesterday morning, I was talking to a partner in Dubai um, for probably February to March. Big event as well. Um, so, you know, and I was talking to someone in Bhutan the other day. I mean, wh- uh, someone from Turks and Caicos told <laughs> me the other day wherever you are in the world, right? Uh, you, you can be, inv- I, I, I did a lot of work in Central America lately for some reason. So Aruba, Venezuela, Colombia, Mexico. Um, so wherever you are, you know, I mean, it sounds so cliche, you know, like people are waking up everywhere. I don't know. I, I, I don't like it when I hear that, but I guess, I guess it, this yeah. is true, right? This is, I mean, what I, this is what I'm seeing anyway. That's, uh, this anyway, part of the population, right? If we look on a macro level, as you know, in France there's nationalists, and in, in in Italy there's nationalists, and in, in Australia, and as we know in America as well, of course. So there's this rise of nationalism and people who don't want to change, and then there's the rise of people like me, like you, who just want basically no border, no border with the mind, no border with everything, and just they are about. Uh, uh, You know, once again, my sound cliche, but expanding consciousness, expanding, expanding the being aware of the story of the world, the story of self, the story of people. Um, I've just been hired to uh, to do a. Um, uh, one day coaching for for kids in a very, uh, very difficult suburbs, different high school in France. Most of them are immigrants. Most of them, they have problems with the police. Um, and the, the first day of the seminar, they're going to talk to the police, actually, for one day. And then the second day will be with me on self-confidence. But that, And so that's Wednesday, Wednesday. But I would really insist on the fact that um, self-confidence for me is really about confidence in life. You have to know, no matter where you're from, that there are beautiful things that can happen to you. You have to find hope. Um, the French literature is all about no hope. And that may maybe why the French are so depressed. But uh, I do believe so much in hope, in finding this glimpse of hope somewhere, and, and from that to to um, to to push it to the maximum, right? To to what's the word? To say yeah. repousser les limites, yeah. we say in French, right? Yeah, to put totally. back to limits. Well, without right. hope,
0: you know, it's hard to drive drive to something, right? Because if, if the hope is missing, then you're you're spiraling yeah. spiraling in it. In a loop, it's yep. um, it's like I can see it, yep. and I can also see just going back to stand up for passion because I, I want to talk a little bit more about. It's so it's so impactful, and um, two, you know, I went to the Toronto event, obviously, and that's where we we first met a couple years ago, and right. I think two two of the speakers actually there, I've, I've become quite close with. I mean, not just surface. How, how oh, are you doing? Really. But you know, which uh, Armin's been uh, on the podcast as well, and, yeah. and Gary LeBlanc yeah. as well. We've done some work together and samantha obviously the the organizer as well and it's just you know i'm almost not surprised to hear people reaching out to you to want to host an event if if they've been a part of it in some capacity because it's it's super unique and you know armin for example anyone can look up the the past episode on the conversation he talks about this but if, if you were to just meet armin on the street you know, you probably wouldn't know that he had just lost his brother, you know, very sad. And that's what he talked right. about. And I think that's, what's so yeah. powerful about those events is that you just don't expect what's going to come out of that person's mouth. And when you hear it, you can relate yeah. in some, in some capacity, right? It's, it's magical. I mean, how, how did it first start? I don't know.
1: So this is it. I mean, five years ago, basically, um, so many reasons, right? So it, it, it started a month after I decided I'm going to start a happiness agency. And I had no <laughs> idea what I was going to do. And I'm like, okay, what What are my skills? And that's exactly how it happened. I want to do a happiness agency. I'm not a certified coach. Uh, I've never really officially coached someone yet. I mean, I had done some storytelling coaching in NGOs around the world. I had done that. But you know, it's it was NGOs, so you know I was, let's say I was, uh, I lacked self confidence in my coaching abilities even. So it's like I need to be able to, uh, to prove the world I can coach people. So what I, what do I know? What are my strengths? Well, I know how to produce events, and I know how to speak on stage, and I know how to cast people. I know how to find people. I used to be a director, and I, and I'm a very social animal, so I find interesting people everywhere. And I have a strong intuition. So I'm like, why don't I just put an event, bring a few people, let them speak about their passion and happiness, and I'll bring 100 people in the room, and hopefully I start a business. And that's exactly what happened. So I, I, uh, there was a little bit less than 100 people, maybe 70 people or so the first time. Uh, I get a seven friends who are, who are amazing people. And I say, I'm going to coach you to talk about your passion. And what happened is during the, the, the first coaching, uh, they actually start to talk about what really matters. Uh, and I'm like, actually, let's go deeper on this. Uh, bring it on. And the more we did Stand Up for Passion events, so every event, I'd say, I told them, talk even more about what was the transformative point? What was the dramatic turn in your life? Where did you become yourself? Um and then I start doing that more and more. And then you know more and more people came and after maybe a year or so I start to find some some sponsor. Uh but the first year I make you know zero money, and there's still some event where I make zero money, but I'm still Mm -hmm. keeping doing it. So thanks to that, you know, I could I could create on, on the side a coaching business where I can coach people and and go and coaching uh having corporate clients but the event itself um, it's really a passion passion project right the, the it's every time my goal is where else are those stories needed to be told so everyone has a story of course and everyone's story needs to be told yet some story need to be told now in order to inspire people I really believe in term I really believe in yeah. terms of timing you know I mean we it's a cliche but everything happens for timing so I do believe the people I meet uh, it's always based on the timing for instance now the dubai event might be on the the role of the arab woman in society now i mean who who would have thought right i'm a french guy from america really i spent the last 20 years in America and Asia and I might do an event in Dubai on the role of the Arab woman, right? Who am I to do that? Right. I mean, I'm not a woman. I'm not Arab. I'm not from the region, but I'm just have a passion for people and have a passion for what's happening in the people in the world. And I know that I'm good at something and I know I'm getting the story out of people, just like you're doing now with me in your podcast. Uh, you know, the last event we've done, so what I do now, it's more and more I do themes. So the last event uh, in Bordeaux, actually, we did, we test run Bordeaux in June. Uh, I came for a few days and the, the, uh, the theme was actually transformation of the mind. It was very specific. The last event we've done in New York a month ago, and all the videos are on our YouTube channel. It was about AI and happiness, I had Google sponsor the event, and we uh, we found eight entrepreneurs, four women, four men, work all on AI, and they all try to use AI for good in the world. So uh, the, the event before was on women empowerment. The, uh, the, the, the event before was on technology, where I, I took seven take entrepreneur and I make them talk about the transformation turn. So really the event is about finding those transformational story, uh, finding the audience that needs to hear, uh, you know, having a couple brand behind the pace for the event, for the whole thing for me to put it on. And I never had a strategy from day one for no. this event. Never. I never say I'm going to do that. I have no idea every time I have no idea. I have no idea which where is the next place I'm going to do this event? And when, how, who's gonna be on stage. I have no idea. But I really trust life, each event. And every event is a way, is difficult to 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 actually produce. And some events are more difficult to produce than others. And you know, in Nepal, out of nowhere. Uh, was what, when was Nepal? Two years ago now, maybe? Two years ago? We had 500 people in the audience, and that was the best event I've done. I mean, there was, you know, I know nothing about Nepal. I had no connection. And somehow, for a friend of a friend, <laughs> I ended up being in Nepal, in Kathmandu, with the seven most wonderful story. I mean, if you watch online the story we get out of Nepal, Magnificent. And here I was in a country I knew nothing about, working every night with a monk, with the number one entrepreneur of the country, the number one female banker mm. of the country, um, the number one actress of the country, uh, a zoo, uh, an animal activist, and where else? Uh, where else? I think I had someone else on stage. And every night I was working with them on their story. So, we can deliver their story. And some of their videos, you know, were seen by 200, 300,000 people, actually. Uh, And that's what I love with my event, right? Who knows what's going to happen in Marseille? Marseille is going to be so interesting in France because there's so much diversity. The the event I might do in Geneva might be um, very interesting, maybe in partnership with the UN. Um, The one in Dubai, maybe. So that's what I love right there's this kind of a i don't know yet what will happen, but I know one thing is I will find those stories that make uh the event um impactful and and important in the world well you're you're living what I'm hearing here I
0: know is you're you're living what you're you're preaching out there right finding the confidence in in life, which is exactly what's happening here with this event and there's a certain um excitement i think uh, to that i mean some people would probably see it as um stressful to, to, to who knows what's going to happen next but the way i'm hearing it is oh wow you know right. who knows what's going to happen but you know something's going to happen and right. and let's let's give yourself even more credit i mean it's not like you're this is um, three years into your life journey i mean you've been preparing for this type of work for, for right. years and years right, right? which is yeah. something i really want to about. Cause that's, that's a huge element of this podcast is, you know, some of the mental fitness practices that you have in your life to, you know, manage being a new dad. I mean, that's a, that's a big one and traveling, having multiple, um, arms, let's say to the different businesses you're working in. Like, what are some of the, what, what are some of the staples in your life now? Um, when it comes to your, your mental health or your mental fitness?
1: You know, again, it's going to sound kishib for me, I mean, first thing is sports, really. Like, I could not do what I do without, you know, four hours, five hours of sports every week. I could not do. So that's the first thing. You know, I just went swimming this morning. There's a nice pool, nice public pool where I live. I love it. Uh, and I take whatever sport is available to wherever I am, right? And if there is no gym there's no pool there's nothing and if if i can't run because there's no track or the streets are too busy or polluted then i'll i'll stay and i'll do 200 push-ups whatever it takes but i'll do some sort of physical activity for me i just can't not uh, and every time i stop doing sports in my life and there's been a few times for a few months uh never did well in my mind i got overwhelmed sure. so that's the first thing the second thing i do is and i keep doing it i mean i'm just watching right now i have uh about tw- about 20 you know white page in front of me which i put in the world with a sticker and i wrote all the things i need to do right because I'm moving to France. So I'm moving with my American wife, my baby. I need to transform my business. As you imagine, I have so many sure. legal things to do and and and, pizza and I need to go to the social security or whatever. And then there is the the so many things I need to do. So priority is the number one. The number two things is every day look at your priority. What's the priority? I mean, obviously, as a dad is my baby is safe and happy. Right? Safe and happy, which means. Happy means I need to bring to to be able to let him be the person he is. For me, that's that's what a coach is, right? Help the person be who he or she is. And since I can't ask him questions because he's only fifteen months old, yeah, I do, exactly. but he doesn't really answer, So I, so I, do, I just provide the. You know the, the 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 listening, the observing, the the, the confidence that I'm 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 around. You can try thing. I'm around. If he falls, I'm here. If I but try try things. I mean, we went on a boat a few days ago, and he fell and he broke his tooth. But sure. you know, we 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 did it. You know, and then many parents would have not brought him to a boat. It's it's too young. You know, uh, my wife and I don't have. Great. We great. We 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 around him and things can happen. But we we want to. So second thing is the priority, right? What matters to you? What matters to you? And third, for me, is the community. Community where I am now. What my networks? Uh, uh, Who are the people I can trust? Who are the people I can talk to? So in France, for instance, I had the net, small network I kept for twenty years, very small, and now I have to create a new one. But not just, I'm not going to show up in new networking event. It's just which network I can trust, I can retrust, trust where the same values. And if it takes me six months to study the different network around and then uh, uh, find a way to get in, and then it'll take six months, I don't care. But find the community of people you align with. Not the community of people you can do a lot of business with, No. No, no, the, the community of people that are the same value, that align with what you do. For instance, my wife and I are quite spiritual. Um, you know, we like to study like, especially like Buddhist, Indian spirituality. So I want to find, you know, some sort of an uh, ashram next to Paris uh, where we listen to satsang uh, because we love it. It feels good. It's part of our culture of the culture my wife and I and I created and I want my baby to experience that. And and so for me anyway, sports number one, priorities, number two, what's important to me now. Am I doing the am I doing everything I need to do to make sure what's important are in place? And number two is the community of people around me. Right? Who are the friends, who are the people I can trust, who are the people I can I can build something uh, whether it's business or friendship, over a long period of term, even in the business world, uh, you know Rockefeller, uh, the, the American businessman, said the most important thing to do in business is to to create uh, uh, to have people around you with whom you can create a long-lasting relationship. That's the most important thing, and that's the number one advice I give to everyone who is like. 25 and under when they ask me advice on life say so just get together with people you trust you lack you don't care it's the smartest people in the room you don't care you don't care it's the it's your 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 best friend you don't care about how much money he has, how much how su- successful he is how much you trust him how much he's aligned or she's aligned with what you believe in and then you will build something of a time with him whether it's a friendship all business.
0: It's having that patience, right? I mean, I've personally seen this myself as well with just, um, yeah. and it's something I cherish the most is just the community and network. And, you know, the, I mean, it's essentially the reason we're speaking, um, which, which this is what I get up for every, yeah. every day. Um, yeah. But it's, it's tough, obviously, especially when we're fighting against this world of yeah. instant gratification all the time. Right. Yeah. So
1: And more than gratification, I I have some... I don't know if you've heard this term. I really like it, which I think explains a lot of unhappiness. It's called hedonic adaptation. Okay. Uh, So what it is, is that we get used so much to the things we, we do often that we want more. Right? So we adapt almost too quickly to things we just enjoy. And this is why the rich people want more joy, yeah. more, more more toy, right? More toys, more cars, more houses, because they now they're satisfied with that house. So they want one more, and then they want one more. So it's to remind yourself of, okay, I've got that, and I have to be grateful for what I have. And I don't need maybe another of it quite quite often, just so I can keep the pleasure of it. And and I even apply this principle to sports. You know, I, I go back and forth between four or five sports myself. You know, uh, I haven't done much swimming in the last two years. And I know I get tired or I want, you know, I want a better pool or I want the water to be <laughs> the perfect temperature. If I get used to swimming in the same pool, right? It's true. Then you want the same conditions right? Or if you used to swim in the sea in the Caribbean, you want the same water, right? Uh, and then, no, no, okay, you love water, you love swimming, keep at that. Stop swimming maybe for a few months or a couple of years, then go back and you will really appreciate swimming anywhere. And it's the same thing for traveling, right? So, sometimes I have a, I'm invited to many places to 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 make speeches. Some are, some are paid, uh, some are not paid, and, but sometimes I, I do say note even if it's just to remind I'm grateful I'm able to make speech, yeah. right? And I want to keep the same pleasure. So many speakers, they actually stop to go on the road because they've done too much speech and they don't know what to say anymore. And they get oh, the same thing over. And I'm like, no, no, you really have to appreciate it. It's an, I mean, you know, those guys pay your expense over. Or you have an audience. You inspire people. You make an impact. It's an amazing opportunity. Just... Just first of all, be grateful and maybe spread it out, right?
0: It's a it's a beautiful mentality or concept or way to live life. I'm I'm really happy you shared that. Um, and I know I mean I want to respect your time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start wrapping up. And, and one of the final questions I always ask is actually to get questions um, from the guests, and you've provided a few of these already um, that people can reflect on themselves. But I you know if you had to think of three. Reflective yeah. questions that really yeah. circulate quite often in your life, just to help people on this side slow down a bit, and whether they're yeah. you know journaling on these or just thinking about them while they walk, I think it just provides such value right. uh, for for someone's
1: life. Right. The, uh, so I'll, I'll give you three. The, the first one is clear for me. It's uh, I often even ask myself that question again. It's just uh, you know if I were to die in six months what would I want to have accomplished, I've have done, I've have experienced? For me, death is a very important drive, actually. it's I'm not afraid of dying at all, but I just remind myself, okay, have I done the, the thing that I would, I'm would? i proud of if I die tomorrow? Like right now, if I die tomorrow, I'm okay, I'm fine. Sure. But hopefully I don't die tomorrow. i have at least six more months and then six more moments. But so first question, the second thing is, which is almost a paradox to it, is you have to do those things that you absolutely want to do in your life, like if you were to die tomorrow. Yet, you have to understand about patience and long-term. So one saying, it's not a question, but it's a saying to remind yourself, it's uh, most people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, and they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. Hmm. And for me, I remind myself as well of that line as well. So there's those things I absolutely want to accomplish if I die tomorrow, right? And there's maybe one or two things every six months. And then there's those things I'm like, okay, I, re- I really want to build this. You know, it could be an event, it could be a book, it could be something, whatever it is. And But it's okay. This, this I can... Maybe I can put five, seven years to me. So right now, actually, yesterday, um, you know, I put myself a new uh, a new goal in four years from now. Actually, four years from now, I want to do an Ironman, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to start training for Ironman. It's okay, I have four years, and if if I die in six months, I've never done Ironman. It's fine. It's not it's not a big deal, but it's important for me enough that I you know I I, I put time time on my side so the second thing the third thing is every night when you go to bed don't ask yourself what did i accomplish today no no it's for me it's too much pressure to you ask yourself the simple question and it will really change your life if you do that over three weeks three four weeks it's what surprised me today oh i love that because it's a totally new way of framing things when you ask what did I accomplish, what did I do today? It's always pressure. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't do anything yet today. You know, I just ah. But when you surprise, you look at everything you've done, whether it was positive, negative, and even if it a big challenge happened to you, something very sad, dramatic, you always learn something. And oh, okay, this is how I react. Okay, I learned something, or oh, this is how this guy reacts, or this person, or oh, this is how the world react. Uh, for me, it's a way to to sort of uh, of building your 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 bank of knowledge, your personal bank of knowledge.
0: It's so powerful, and I don't know. I, I mean, I can't thank you enough for for your time. I know it's been a busy time in your life, obviously having just moved. But this this conversation, um, I mean, I can feel it when there's there's a ton of value in in concepts and just reflections that that can help others and myself personally. I mean, there's questions and there's there's things here that that, that I'm taking to um, my own practices. So, you know, I obviously want to thank you on behalf of myself and everyone listening, but then everyone in, out in this world that is being impacted by your passion and everything you've set out to do and the course that you've set out for yourself and navigating those highs and lows. And uh, as I imagine, they come up like, like everyone else. So, Thank you for doing that because it's it's definitely creating a ripple effect in this world
1: thank you i appreciate it. i'm grateful for for you today to uh to me to speak on your podcast
0: Yes, you made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Avno. If you did, please drop us some reviews and share this out wherever you're listening. It does make a huge difference. He left us with two really powerful questions and one statement to reflect on. Here they are. If I were to die in six months, what would I want to have accomplished? This is super powerful if you take some time to think about it. And then lastly, you know, what surprised me today? I think this is equally as beneficial because we go through life so fast and our days so fast we just pull back a little bit and just think about the awesome that happened in the day it could do wonders to our mind and then the statement most people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year and underestimate what they accomplish in 10 years that's some deep stuff all i'll leave with you guys is you know where do you stand on this statement like this. So thank you again. Make sure to tune into the next show. It's with Javid Yarthy who is all about human-centered design for good.